Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Eating for Energy and Weight Loss, the podcast show where you can learn all about empowerment around food, body, and weight. What that means, my friends, is this podcast is all about getting healthy and being preventative in your health through natural modalities. That means food as medicine, um, essential oils, energy healing, whatever it takes to get you healthy and keep you off of pharmaceuticals unless they are absolutely necessary. I am your host, Rita Haddad, and I have with me today, Brenda. Brenda is here for a 30-minute coaching session. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Welcome. So, Brenda, if you could wave your magic wand and get whatever you wanted from our work together, what would that be for you? Well, I've recently been struggling with my blood pressure being high and and by recently, it just means that I've just now accepted that I have a problem with my blood pressure, but I think it's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, more specifically, I think it's, it's been going on since I had my son. Like I never had any issues with my blood pressure. My son is now four. And, mm-hmm. and as soon as he came out of my body, my blood pressure just spiked up and it's just been a constant struggle for the past four years. Oh, wow. Um, to, to yeah to to lower it, to lower it and I didn't do anything really I mean I, I tried to work out but I, I just like saw a doctor and they just told me to try the blood pressure medication and they said that if I I could get off it um, once I once I lower it but I'd have to do a lot of work on on my end to 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 make that happen, which right. I really want to do. I mean, I don't want to be on this pill. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, I'd like to have a plan for how to lower my blood pressure with changing my lifestyle a bit and, and how to stick to that. Yeah, that is a very loaded prescription but it's something that we can begin understanding what your first steps need to be, right? This is not something that can be managed or fixed in half an hour, unfortunately, but we will begin getting ideas about the condition of your overall health and seeing what are some other areas that might be affecting your blood pressure so that you can begin making changes to begin helping you lower your blood pressure. How does that sound to you? That sounds great. Good. So you said that your blood pressure spiked the moment your son exited your body. But what is the biggest challenge for you now around keeping your blood pressure low? Like what makes it so hard for you to just say, okay, it's been four years. My blood pressure should be lower. What am I missing? I think... It's, it's a lot of a snowball effect because I have a very stressful job and I'm easily stressed and I tend to deprioritize my cardio workouts or eating healthy because of this constant need to catch up with work. So I actually put time on my calendar to go for walks in the afternoons, but 
almost every day I ignore it because I feel like I have to keep working. And so I ended up getting stuck in my office for eight hours straight and not see the light of day. Yeah, that sounds really rough. What do you think has caused or contributes to your difficulty with stress and prioritizing your health? So I think it's what the, the pressure that I put on myself for the most part, and also some of the external pressures from, from my job, because the requirement for me to do well is to raise the money to fund my salary and also to fund the salaries of my employees, of which I have many. So it's it's both the the need, or at least my need, to do well with my job, and also the requirement for raising enough money to have everybody covered. Right. Are there any other symptoms or health challenges that you are experiencing besides high blood pressure that would help me get a good understanding of your overall health? Yeah, I mean, recently I've just learned that I have an autoimmune disorder. Which one? I have no idea. I, that's still work in progress. I have to see more specialists to identify what that is. Um, and I also have hypothyroidism. And I also learned that the autoimmune disorder caused my hypothyroidism. So I don't really know what happened first. Yeah. If, it, if that is also related to my blood pressure again being high. Yeah. Do you take any medications for these new diagnoses that you've received recently? Yeah, I'm taking a Synthroid for my um, hypothyroid and also uh, blood pressure medication. Mm -hmm. I mean, on top of like my vitamins. Right, so you supplement? I do, yeah. Yeah, okay. And do you have a partner or a spouse, or you mentioned you have a son who are supportive of your health journey? Um, they're not, well, I have a husband and, and a son, and they're just not as aware of the things that I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about food. We've talked a little bit about your health. Let's talk about food. Brenda, do you like eating? I love eating. Who answers no to that question? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorite foods that you love to eat? Everything. So give me some I mean, specifics. I, yeah, I, I can't. It's, uh, um, I love... Asian dishes, Thai food, um, Malaysian, mm. Indonesian, um, and a bunch of desserts, cakes especially, chocolate. Yum. <laughs> and do you have any specific, like, exact meals, like, like within those broad cultural um cuisines do you have any specific meals that you love like what's your desert island food or your last meal like if you only could have one one last meal what would it be um it's gonna have to be noodles 
any kind of not pasta noodles, but uh, ramen noodles or rice noodles, and just drench it with a bunch of sauce. Yum. And put something spicy on it. Mm, I do love spice. <laughs> And what are your meal times? Try to be as specific as possible. Like what times of day in general do you eat? Yeah, I mean, I normally have breakfast at around um, eight and then uh, lunch at, I get hungry pretty fast. So 11, 11.30 mm-hmm. and then I'll get my, you know, afternoon snack uh, at um, probably two or three. And then dinner is six or seven. Yeah. And is this pretty consistent throughout the week? Yes, it's definitely consistent on the weekdays. On the weekends, um, I I still have, I still eat the same number of times a day. It's just at different times of the day. Okay. So what does that look like on weekends for you? So let's say breakfast at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Lunch is at two, two thirty, mm-hmm. and and then I don't snack anymore. Um, then dinner is still the same, six six p.m. Six seven. or seven. Mm-hmm. I thought you. I thought you had said six. Is it at six or seven? Oh, six or seven. Oh, you eat around six or seven. Six to seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a pretty good dinner time. Okay. And what about when you travel? Is it about the same when you travel? Do you stick to a pretty consistent schedule? Um, well, when I travel, it's usually in some other time zone. So I don't know. I just eat when I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. But I tend to eat more when I'm sitting in the plane or um, on a train or a bus somewhere. Mm-hmm. And because I like to try new things, then I just eat out all the time. Yeah. So you said something really interesting that I want to mention. You said you eat when you're hungry, which is excellent because it means you're not relying on external cues to tell you when to eat. So for example, you're not eating because everybody around you is eating. You're not eating because the clock says it's noon and you should eat. You're listening to your body, which is excellent. I love to hear that. Um, But you also said that you snack more when you're en route, does that mean when you're um, not keeping busy doing something physically and you're forced to sit down, that that stillness might be uncomfortable for you because you sound like you're generally pretty busy all the time and you're constantly moving and working and preoccupied. So you tell me, this is my hunch, does it sound like you're eating to sort of self-soothe in those, I'm using air quotes here, those bored moments when you're not moving or keeping busy, when you're being still because you're not in control because you're being transported from point A to point B. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I've never actually um, thought of it that way, but that sounds right. Yeah. And usually like when I'm sitting on the plane, I'm also doing work and work stresses me out too. So then I turn to my chips, my bag of chips. Yeah, (laughs) of course. And I just had this conversation with a client uh, just three days ago uh, because she also snacks on chips and crispy things when she gets stressed out, which is usually around 8.30 p.m. at the end of of the long day. 
And what I said to her, I'll say to all of you, which is we release a ton of stress through our jaw. This is why people clench and grind their teeth at night while they're sleeping. And so we turn to crispy foods to help alleviate some of that stress. And there is an actual decibel level that the makers of crispy snacks need to meet in order to be put on the market. And the higher or the closer you get to that decibel, what they've shown in their food research is the more likely you are to, to sell more units of your snack. So for example, the example I used with her, and I'll, I'll use it with you, is the kettle cooked chips, the Cape Cod kettle cooked chips. You can break a tooth on those things, right? But that's why people love them because they're so hard and they're so crispy and that's what makes them so good. Even if they're just plain salt, there's nothing else on there to, to flavor them versus the same type of chip that's not kettle cooked. It's definitely much less appealing if you eat one right after the other. You're like, eh, I don't know. So Brenda, it sounds to me a lot like you have trouble being still, and that completely makes sense with what you've shared with me today about the demand of your job, the external pressure you feel from your job, as well as how it it doesn't just stress you out emotionally, but it sounds like it stresses you out physically to the point that you're really feeling like you're unable to make time to prioritize yourself and your health. Does that sound right to you? I think so. So I think a good plan going forward for helping you to bring down your blood pressure, a good place to begin is getting comfortable with being still. Is being still something you generally make time for or something that you feel uncomfortable with? Um, I've never been still. I don't know how to do it. Like just now I'm fidgeting on this thing that that this popper thing because yeah. I can't I don't know what to do with my hands if I'm not typing or doing stuff yeah <laughs> I just don't know what to do with my hands can I give you a little piece of advice that will help you learn how to be still when you still your body you're able to still your mind and vice versa However, I believe that stilling your mind is a lot harder, especially for academics like yourself. People who go on to become monks spend their entire life trying to learn how to still their minds. So this is not something that is easily feasible or attainable for regular everyday people like me and you. However, you are capable of stilling your body and that will help you reduce some of that mental stimulation and mental overload in your mind, which might make it a little easier to be still. Does that sound like something you think you might be able to start trying? Yeah, I think I can try that. Yeah. I'll, I'll try anything at this point. Yeah. So when it comes to stilling your body, it's it's very uncomfortable, right? We sit down and the first thing yeah. we do is take out our phones or turn on the TV or find some sort of distraction. The key to stilling your body is to not be distracted. So if you sit down and you have the urge to turn on the TV or pick up your phone, give yourself a pause of five minutes. Just say in five minutes I can pick up my phone, in five minutes I can turn on the TV. So start small and work your way up to greater and greater 
timelines. And if it means you need to start with having something in your hand to fidget, by all means, start with something in your hand to fidget, but just be still with yourself for a very small period of time once every day. Is that something you're willing to try? Yeah, I can try that. Great. I also would love to see you adjust your meal times. So innately, our metabolism rises and falls with the sun. So I think during the week, you actually eat at really optimal times, except for your breakfast. Your breakfast is a little late because by 8 a.m., the sun, although now we're getting into the fall months, I'm not sure where, where you live, how it is, but here the sun doesn't start rising until 7.30. So an 8 a.m. breakfast is actually pretty ideal. But in the summer months, when the sun is rising a lot earlier, your metabolism wakes up and it's it's like a fire, right, that needs some kindling because it's been this low burning fire all night and it's ready to be fired up so that it can burn and provide fuel for you all throughout your day. And what happens is if you push your breakfast way too late, then the fire eventually just dies out because it doesn't think that any kindling is, is coming its way. So it says, oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and turn my furnace off. And what that does is it pushes you into starvation mode and then that causes your body to cling to fat and calories because your body's extremely resistant against weight loss in order to pro prolong your life. So your body is basically saying, I'm not going to burn any fat. I'm not going to build any muscle. I'm not going to do any type of digestion or any processes that are not absolutely necessary to keep my host person alive until I get some food and then I'm going to take all the calories and all the nutrition that I get from that food and I'm going to store it up just in case this happens again. And that's going to keep my host person alive even longer. So having a late breakfast that's too far after sunrise, it will actually throw yeah. off your entire day. So it sounds like during the week you do pretty well at maintaining a, a really great schedule with the sun. However, on the weekends, I really want to see you bring that 11 a.m. breakfast closer to 8 a.m., does that sound like something you're willing to try? Yeah, I can try that. Yeah. I don't know how late you sleep. It's not really relevant. But if you're up early enough to have an earlier breakfast, just... And, and I, the suggestion I make for people is it doesn't have to be a full meal. You can start your day with a small handful of raw cashews or a piece of dried fruit or an apple or a banana until you get your breakfast going. Yeah. You just need something small to let your metabolism know food is on its way. Does that sound yeah, feasible so to you? I, I think so, but I also wanted to ask about how much breakfast to eat. Because on the weekends, it's, it's kind of like my treat. We sleep in a little bit later, and then we make a big breakfast. That's, I mean, that's like with like a more savory breakfast, like cook, cooking stuff, actually. Yeah. Compared to um, on the weekdays, where it's just like oatmeal for me. Yeah. Um, and on, on the weekends, it's eggs, it's whatever else that we got cooking. Um, so what do you think about having a big breakfast? Should I stop that and just stick to my oatmeal routine? I believe that food should be fun and it should be enjoyed. And it sounds like you really enjoy having that big savory breakfast on the weekends. So by all means, 
keep doing it. However, you seem really good at listening to your body for those cues of when you feel hungry and when you feel full. So that's another opportunity to check in with yourself and say, oh my goodness, we've got this gigantic spread in front of us and I've been enjoying from it, but I'm starting to feel full. So I'm going to stop and I think I'm going to have more of this for lunch in a little bit, (laughs) right? Or I'm going to save it for Monday morning's breakfast so that I can break from my oatmeal routine and I've already got a few things ready and in place that I can quickly throw together so I can really thoroughly enjoy my Monday morning or my Tuesday morning breakfast. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's okay to stop and remind yourself that there's always more food and it's not going anywhere, and you don't have to eat it all just because it's there, right? Yeah, I mean, I did grow up with, you know, my, my just the elderly, <laughs> my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, um, telling me that you have to clear your plate, you have to eat right. it all. right. <laughs> That's so common. It's so common. It's more common than you think. And so we become these adults who feel like our plate has to be licked clean, even though we're stuffed. And it's to the detriment of ourselves. I'd like to share with you a um, mantra that someone shared with me many, many years ago that I've never forgotten. And it says, it's better to waste it in the trash than to waste it in your body. So for me, my whole thing was don't throw away food. Eat every bite on your plate. Don't throw away food. And I've had to relearn how to eat in such a way that says, I don't have to throw it away. I can pack it up and save it for later because that will serve me better than stuffing myself past capacity just in order to clean my plate. And now I've got trouble digestion. I'm constipated. Um... I am gassy and bloated and I'm not even hungry when it's time for my next meal and I feel really crappy until tomorrow because I overate that one meal in an effort Mm -hmm. to clean my plate. So really just working your mind and shifting your perspective and feel free to use that mantra. It's not mine. It came from someone else. Um, It's better to waste it in the trash than to waste it in your body, right? And it doesn't have to be wasted. You can always save it for later. Yeah. 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 I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So Brenda, if you have a really structured meal routine during the week and on the weekends, do you think that that would create a little bit of space for you to prioritize your health and sort of structure in or work in some self-care time for meaningful movement or doing something that feels really good for you. It doesn't have to be exercise, but something that feels good to you, whether that's gardening or walking or meeting a friend for coffee or going out for drinks with your girlfriends, anything that feels really good for you. Do you think that there would be room for that? I mean, I was trying. Like I do put in the time on my calendar, walk. But how do I make myself get out of my office? Do you have an accountability buddy at work? Someone who could say, okay, me and you, we're going for a walk. Or, okay, your calendar just told you it's time for your walk. I'm pushing you out the door, literally. (laughs) Pushing you out. (laughs) Is there someone that can help you with that in your workplace? I can ask around. Okay. 
I think that would be a really great first step. And if that doesn't work for you, by all means, get in touch and we will find a plan B because there is always a way to prioritize yourself. And what good are you to your job and your employees if you are sick and unwell and or dead because of your high blood pressure? You're no good to any of them. Right. And your husband and your son. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, Brenda, I want to thank you so much for being here today, for sharing about your health and your struggle. I know so many people can relate to what you're going through, so I hope that we've provided some inspiration and some incentive to any of the listeners out there. But thank you most importantly for your time being here today and for recording this episode with me. Yeah, thank you, Coach Rita. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) How are you feeling? Like, this is a lot of information. It can be pretty overwhelming, especially when there's a lot of action steps involved. How are you feeling now at the end of this call? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, because the the, the plans aren't too big. They're they're little steps. Mm -hmm. I can um, find a walk buddy and uh, an accountability person mm-hmm. and um i think for all of it even just for the five minutes of stillness like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna ask my husband to take away my phone <laughs> great idea um, i think i can do it okay i, I need some help i am always here for you you know that you can reach out to me anytime And let's continue this work together. How does that sound for you if we continue our work together and really get you on a structured plan to get that blood pressure down? Okay. Sounds Sounds good? good. Great. So after this call, we will work out the details and we will make some appointments and get you on the schedule to get your health in order because you are valuable. You are really important. And I want you to find value in yourself enough to know that You deserve to take care of yourself and be taken care of, and you are important enough for that. And so I think in this work together, we we will get you there faster than on your own. So thank you again for being here. You all know how to get in touch with me. Thank you for listening to this call with Brenda. You all know how to get in touch with me to share your stories. If you want to have a call just like Brenda's, please visit me at SantaAnimaWellness.com and submit a query and send me an email and let me know your questions, your stories, uh, and how you want to join me on a call just like this. It's 30 minutes of free coaching around your health and you can see how successful people have been. It's generally every fourth episode I do is a call just like this. So I'm always looking for volunteers who are willing to share about their health and their life circumstances around their health so that they can begin healing so that we can spread the word that getting healthy is hard, but it is attainable and it can be easy with the right type of gentle guidance. So again, that's SantaAnimaWellness.com. The link is in the show notes. Thank you all for listening in. Thank you, Brenda, for being here. And I will catch you all again for another episode next Thursday. Take care, my friends.